to know. We can figure this out. Modern statistical analysis can tell me exactly who's going to win tomorrow so I can sleep tonight. Let's just crunch the numbers, okay? In the Midwest, Heidi Heidkamp is down by nine, but Claire McCaskill is up by three. Better O'Rourke is in a dead heat with Ted Cruz. Then again, Andrew Gillum is a Sagittarius and should expect good career news this month, even though Venus is in retrograde. Meanwhile, his opponent, Ron DeSantis, was born in the Chinese year of the horse, so his unlucky numbers are one, five, and six, and Election Day is on the 6th of November, but Nevada's Dean Heller saw his shadow, which means six more weeks of election. Make it stop! I think his point was... Um, well, like I, the alert I got on my phone this morning. Alert. Alert. Ten key races to watch to know if you're watching a blue wave. <laughs> and I just thought, what? what who, I gotta watch ten. Who needs to do that? Honey, I think it's a blue wave! <laughs> uh, uh, how Why? About, how many districts are you following? How about we just wait 45 minutes for the results to come in? <laughs> right, exactly. Or go to bed and look at it tomorrow, or this weekend, or next month. Unless you're be... just really into the sport. <sighs> I don't know. I think if you're, if you're trying to... <laughs> If you're trying to figure out if it's a blue wave based on a couple of races, you're really into a, some weird something or other going yeah, on here. You you're, really you're ought to get a hobby. Who, you're the person who watches five hours of Super Bowl pregame. Yeah. You're not into the sport. You're something else. We're I'm, in, a freak. I'm, in a, I'm super into the sport of politics and, and that sort of stuff. I, I just I find it incredibly interesting. But God, the just guessing. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Right. Right. So I'll, I'll tell you why I'm into the whole 2020 presidential election. One of the reasons, one, I like presidential politics. I've read all the great books about presidential races and stuff. I just find it a fascinating sport because uh, it is, man, at the highest level. Um, but as uh, Gary Dietrich mentioned a little bit earlier, the the Democratic Party has got to choose a direction. And uh, whether they stick with Nancy Pelosi or not, taking back the House is, you know, going to be one indication of it, I guess. Are you going to go with Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden for another round? Mm. Or, as I think everybody thought... Hillary's tan rested and ready. (laughs) Or, as I thought everybody assumed was going to happen, we got this whole new young generation. Your Kamala Harris's, your... your, um, uh, Gavin Newsom's, your Cory Booker's, you know, this she Guevara. Yeah, this whole from new Brooklyn. Yeah, and this guy who might end up governor of Florida. Maybe they're going to have to sit on the sideline for yet another cycle for the 80 somethings to run the show. Could, I don't know. Could be. When that upheaval comes, it could be ugly. I certainly hope so. So, um, well, I think at some point the younger people take over because that other generation just dies. Unless they're able to rule from beyond the grave. <laughs> so far, that older generation isn't doing their part. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah, they just keep going. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi's been dead for four years. She's still speaker of the house. <laughs> maybe that's what's going to happen. But I got this map of um, ads that were run all over the country. The biggest issues you're seeing on TV. By region of the country. Oh, and shut up. It's a referendum on Trump. I've heard <laughs> that five million times. It's kind of interesting. The the number one, if you look at the whole map of the country, you mostly see light green, and that light green color represents health care. Yes. So the, 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 the most common thing to see anywhere in the United States is health care. But in various little places, um, like su- super blue Northern California, you're looking at like your... San Francisco, Sacramento area. I mean, this stands out for the whole nation as an anti-Trump area. 
Mm. That that particular area of the country. That and who else is that same color? Right around New York, D.C., that area. Those are your only two, the main ads were anti-Trump. Just two little pockets of the country. So if you live in either of those parts of the country, you have a very distorted view of what Americans are talking about. Absolutely. Which doesn't shock me in the least. The other one that stood out to me um, was one solid patch of dark green that was about the budget. Frogs. (laughs) Where The the, uh, budget frogs. The overrunner. We've been overrun with frogs. And it was no surprise to me. Something about these frogs. The entire state is that dark green color of the budget because it's probably the most rational, normal, uh, live their lives the right way place in America. The state of Utah mm. has number one is the issue you're going to see on ads. <laughs> the budget. only place in America that has a whiff of understanding of what $21 trillion in debt means. Good folks of Utah. And realize you can't continue it. Did you see Paul Ryan ask about that last night? Yeah. By Brett Baer? Yeah. And Paul Ryan spent his entire career, he's done. He's the current Speaker of the House of Representatives, Republican from Wisconsin. He's retiring. And he uh, he came up through the ranks as a budget hawk. He was a big, we got to get this under control guy. He was the adult in the room. And then that didn't happen while he was Speaker of the House. And he was over asked about and over it. over again. And to my uh-huh. mind, he kind of gave a word salad answer. Yes, he did. And the only thing I can think is, you know, there's still an election going on, and he was keeping his mouth shut. I don't know if he'll ever be honest about it. I'd love to to interview him or have him or someone say, look, you can't do it. You can't do it. There's There's not a constituency for reigning in entitlements, raising taxes, and getting our house back in order. There just isn't. You can't cobble enough together, enough Republicans or Democrats to do it. If you even start, you'll be out of office and you'll do nothing else. You'll accomplish nothing. I think at this point, that's the plain truth that need not be said anymore. I mean, it's just so obvious if you follow this stuff at all. You can't get anywhere. You can't get any votes on fiscal responsibility. You can win over and over and over again, portraying yourself as some sort of infinite Santa Claus that can keep manufacturing presents or, or whipping elves until they manufacture them. <laughs> wow! For time, that is a dark view of Santa. Barbaric! For an, inf- an infinite number of presents for an infinite number of uh, years. That will get you elected over and over again. Or at least the idea of putting it off two more years, four more years. And, you know, I'm wearing out this metaphor this morning. I was talking about one-party rule in a state. It generally continues until there is a disaster, until the truth of the corruption is so utterly overwhelming, no one can ignore it. Same thing with fiscal irresponsibility. It will continue until there is a disaster. And, you know, I don't mean to depress people, the good people of Utah, for instance, and the right-thinking people all over America who listen to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I just, that is, and... I think you probably, to whatever extent you can, plan your life around the fact that the federal government will not get its fiscal house in order and, you know, figure out how best to teach your children how to live in that world. You, you, at, at some point, you know, if we were overrun with frogs, you, you got to close your windows because you got frogs leaping in your house. You just <laughs> you have to understand Theater of the mind. Excellent, Michael. You have to understand the world you live in. It's going to be so ugly, though. And again, we yeah. don't want to depress people on an election day, but maybe today's the perfect day to talk about it because that's not an issue 
that's being discussed across the nation. Oh, 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 oh. listen to Mr. Doom and Gloom. <laughs> it's not going to be a merry electoral Christmas if you keep talking about responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you like as a righty or a lefty is going to go away because of our national debt. If you like, literally have people starving in the streets. Well, if you like low taxes, that's going away. They're going to have to jack up taxes like crazy. You like all these social programs. You like a, a, a safety net with tiny holes. That's going to go away because they just aren't going to have the money for the programs. Right. So both of you are going to hate the result. So you'd think that the two of you could come together now before that happens. And work something out, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Speaking happen. of results, I'm ready to call the 18th district of Tennessee. With one percent reporting, we have a two percent lead for Jones. Oh, it's a referendum Jones on Trump. In the 14th, he was too pro-Trump or anti. Right? Where's my towel? That's a wave. He was too <laughs> neutral on Trump. Yes, it's a wave. It's a blue wave. Hold your nose. All right. So I swear <laughs> I'm going to cram in. Why you and those you love, and please feel free to lecture them sternly about this, shouldn't participate in the whole internet viral shaming thing. It's so stupid. And a great example of how wording of, for instance, a proposition changes the way people think about it and vote about it. This stuff matters a lot. That's smart people stuff right there. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll sit around and listen to it with my mouth. And we'll hear more from Fiscal Claus. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What if everyone simultaneously stopped apologizing, stopped backpedaling, stopped walking back tweets when they were uh, tweeting, uh, quoting Winston Churchill, and then they had to apologize after quoting Winston Churchill or whomever or whatever? What if it all stopped on Monday? There'd be no more business on Tuesday for the people who are exactly. trying to shut you down. If we did it and we provided a uniform front, if we all just sort of said, no, I'm not going to apologize, it was a joke, or you took it the wrong way, or I meant it, live with it, this would end immediately. That's Adam Carolla. He's got a new uh, special coming out, a documentary, I guess. But um, I like that. We may have seen the first um, uh, volley in that over the weekend as Pete Davidson Saturday Night Live made a joke about a veteran that was pretty harsh, bothered a lot of people, but the veteran in question running for Congress, said, I'm not asking for an apology. I don't do that whole thing. I'm not demanding an apology. I don't do that whole thing. I spend my time trying not to be offended. And Pete Davidson, as far as I know, has not apologized, so I'm happy with both ends of that deal. Um, the the demanding apologies and then especially threatening advertisers, um, you know, we, we got to end this. <laughs> we just got to stop. Yeah, yeah. Adam Carolla is in the admirable position of... Um, he has a more direct connection to his audience than, for instance, somebody who works for a uh, corporate broadcasting company has. 
he is the broadcasting but, but, company. But, but, right. Um, but, so so he's the perfect place to start this sort of thing. But this is, if, if one company would ever have the balls to stand up to these so-called boycotts that I don't think are going to amount to anything they anyway. never materialize. Um, then every company catching, oh, that's not real. We don't have to fire our biggest star because of a supposed boycott. We'll just go ahead and wait a week, and then another story will happen, and everybody will have forgotten about it. God, if it takes a week, that'd be extraordinary. Right. It's usually 48 hours. Right. Not to mention the boycotts are phony, and, and it's a handful of activists with 20 different Twitter accounts. It's just it's so obvious once you observe it. Uh, a quick note here on that theme. This is typical. The particulars of it are, are, are troubling, but the, uh, the, the playbook is familiar. So you got this uh, a fellow goes into a convenience store in South Carolina. He lost part of his face to cancer. And they asked him to cover his face because he was freaking out the customers or something. Does he have an eye patch? But the daughter finds out about it, goes online and says they grabbed him by his shirt, yanked him into the office, ordered him to leave, etc. And, and, and explains why he couldn't. And it's a little graphic and a little gross but but she's angry so she vents on facebook the 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 uh boycott begins the hatred the rock chucking the name calling the rest of it then the inevitable gofundme page starts oh, up right right that's part of the give dance this guy money that's part of the dance nobody asked for money i don't i don't think she asked for money did she um Oh, in fact, she says, yeah, I removed the GoFundMe link from here. How it ever got there, I don't know. She said, "It's I'm not doing this for money. But So now there's $80,000 in the GoFundMe page for some reason. Because now... <laughs> to spend on people whose lives are online, that, that is their, their, their life's... You know, that's where their life flows online. Vote by giving money to the, the alleged victim. And it's an odd ritual we're going through here. Turns out that daughter overstated rather significantly what happened in the store, had to make it more dramatic, more egregious, etc. And then in the repetitions down the line, the tweets and the Facebook posts and the rest of it took that theme a little bit further. And so you've got this ritual, this native dance of aggrievement, and outrage and and anger and then giving to go fund me and it's just you know if a heinous disease eats my face off i'm going to cover it up i'm not going to make people i'm not look. going there cuz i'm eating but um it's just it's it's funny and i'm i'm rereading and i may re re reread uh sebastian younger's tribe and it's really freaking me out about my life if i disappear someday just disappear Call Sebastian Younger and blame him, or thank him in some cases. <laughs> but the one thing we desperately need as human beings, and and psych, psychiatric study after philosopher, after religious leader, after wise human being has pointed this out over and over again. The one thing we need as human beings is to feel like our life has a purpose. Of course. And Wi-Fi. And, and and Netflix subscription and Wi-Fi is helpful. You got to have Wi-Fi to get Netflix. So, um, <laughs> I get why you think, given this guy a little, couple bucks on GoFundMe and 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 bad and trying to bring down the convenience store owner who didn't do what she's accused of anyway, 
makes you feel like your life has purpose, but it's a bad purpose. It's a stupid purpose. <laughs> Get a better purpose. Uh, now, it doesn't have to be a good purpose, right? You, you could be like really good at building balsa airplanes. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's your thing. Well, it doesn't have to be a good purpose by my standards. No, as long as you feel like your life has purpose. Right. Perhaps your purpose is bringing down all that is good and decent. My purpose is to see all the Netflix shows. <laughs> all right. Uh, the other thing I promised to get to, and so uh, we shall at least cram part of it in and then continue later. There was a big controversy in the state of California about the uh, Proposition 6, which overturns the gas tax that the ancient syphilitic governor, Jerry Brown, passed with the aid of the evil one-party legislature. Oh, There's was, a little editorializing in there. I don't know if you caught it. And it was so sneaky, sneaky the way they had it show up when the summer blend comes in. Well, so you when wouldn't the summer blend comes out. Whatever. But, yeah. uh, so that the price would be uh, hidden. To fool people. I mean, it was really a well-orchestrated gouging of uh, drivers. And so Californians caught on, and the move to repeal uh, the gas tax uh, took shape, and it was put on the ballot as Proposition 6. And the Secretary of State's office gets to word the proposition for the ballot the way they want. And the way they wanted was, instead of just repeals the gas tax of 2017... Largest gas tax in one time in the nation's history. Correct. Proposition 6 is called the Eliminates Certain Road Repair and Transportation Funding. Requires certain fuel taxes and vehicle fees be approved by the electorate. Initiative Constitutional Amendment. So it's the Eliminating Road Repair and Transportation Funding. Who would vote for that? Uh, Prop. (laughs) And if you phrase it the way the Secretary of State phrased it, it still wins. According to this poll, which should be taken with a shaker of salt because of the flaws in modern polling, but it's, yes, 44 to 41 with 14% undecided. Now, if you phrase it as follows, Proposition 6 is a constitutional amendment that would repeal the gasoline and diesel taxes and vehicle fees that were first enacted in 2017 and would require that any future fuel taxes be approved by voters, which is a simple an undeniably accurate statement of what it is. That is not a biased statement. And then they say a yes vote on Prop 6 would repeal fuel tax increases. That were an actor. A no would keep the fuel taxes in place and allow the legislature to impose fees and taxes approved in the future, et cetera, et cetera. It's a 52 to 40. It's a 12-point win. Wins easily. Instead of a three-point win. If you word it, well, in a way that anybody would understand what it is. And that's right. again, that's not biased. That's not... In some way spun toward my side. That's just a statement of what it is so people could understand it. Right. So the Secretary of State's office is utterly corrupt in its representation of the will of the people, uh, unapologetically. And that's what you get with one-party rule, which will almost certainly continue for another election cycle. And they found a way um, to in the even state of corrupt California. They found a way to even screw the prop system, which in theory is our way to go around the legislature. Right. Um, what's... No on everything but five, six, and seven. By the way, California. No on everything except for five, six, and seven. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, in a matter of hours, we'll be getting the first election results. President Trump watching from the war room. Jury selection for El Chapo's trial has begun, and we've got... Oh, boy, I hate to be on that jury. And we got two Harvard scientists who have found what they say could be an alien spacecraft. Oh, sure it is. (laughs) Of course it is. Show me the autopsy. Hey, you like a good alien autopsy. (laughs) Oh, yes. Where's its spleen? Show me the spleen. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
How's your polling place? Is it busier than normal? Let us know. 415-295-KFTC. That's the text line. I'm not it's a little give- personal, isn't it? <laughs> How's my polling place? I'm not giving out the phone number. I got uh, handkerchiefs uh, draped over the lamp and uh, candles. <laughs> it's great. Our text line That's is childish, and I apologize for 415 295 politics. <laughs> I'm kind of interested if it's the if it's the biggest turnout ever for midterm. Does that mean something? What what do I take from that? Does it mean anything other than we've got the most famous person that's ever lived as president? And he's a polarizing dude. Yeah. I think that's a lot of it. Might be it's all. Because it's not, again, as we, as we keep saying, it's not because there's one great issue we finally are wrestling with and have decided to confront. Right. No. Both sides are pitching right. some version of Obamacare, for instance, which is clearly the number one issue, apart from, you know, jobs, economy, yeah. grouped together. I don't know. Odd uh, times. Let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, election day across the U.S., millions of Americans are indeed casting uh, their ballots today. Finishing up a marathon of rallies, President Trump hosted three to wrap it all up yesterday, warning against Democrat wins. We've got to stop crying Chuck Schumer and <laughs> Nancy Pelosi <laughs> from... Erasing everything that we've gained. Our economy is setting records on a daily basis. Now, the results won't be coming in until after the first polling places start to close. That's going to be at 3 o'clock this afternoon, West Coast time. Kentucky and Indiana will be among the first states to report and could set the tone for election night. Whatever that or means. Not, what, not. Is, what does that even mean? Or or not. I just love Indiana. Or not. I don't even know what that means, set the tone. Um, uh, Florida is the one I'm waiting for, yeah. and you know, they'll be closing early West Coast time. That got to get to face eating. That g- <laughs> Gobbling up math and committing various crimes while pantless. They ran uh, Trump against Bernie Sanders, in effect, and we'll see who wins that race in a really close. You know, focus group that is much right. like America. They know that Gillum dude's under investigation. The the city hall is, and he's accused of taking Hamilton tickets as a bribe. He said, "I thought they were from my brother, but they might have been from an undercover FBI guy." He doesn't know his brother very well. Apparently, he doesn't recognize him walking into the office. But his explanation, people sound, in Florida have, have heard all this. His explanation sounded okay to me. It's just like, you know, tickets float around when you're kind of a somebody. Like they do around here. I don't know where they came from. True that. <laughs> I got some tickets. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, to see just how well the wheels of democracy are turning, let's go over to the polling problems desk. Man by Positive Sean. Well, there have been a couple things in... Polling uh, problems brought to you by Viagra. I'm back on it. <laughs> wow. uh, Arizona, the election day got off to a rocky start when voters outside of Phoenix showed up to find their polling place had been foreclosed upon the day before. Mm. Ooh, tough timing. Um, Georgia, uh, Common Cause, a member of the Election Protection Coalition, don't know what that is, said as of 10.30 a.m. their time, they'd received reports of voting machines going down in large numbers across the state. That's the only actual kind of uh, non-foreclosure-related one that I've seen that's an issue so far. Mm. Meanwhile, the U.S. has now reimposed all the sanctions on Iran that were lifted under the 2015 nuclear deal, leading their president to say Tehran is now facing a, quote, war situation and a bullying enemy. 
The reimposed sanctions, particularly going after Iran's crucial oil industry, and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo saying... But at the center of it is an unprecedented campaign of economic pressure. Our objective is to starve the Iranian regime of the revenue it uses to fund violent and destabilizing activities throughout the Middle East and indeed around the world. Leaving a lot of companies with a decision to make, will we want to continue to do business with Iran and then get uh, blackballed by America, or do we want to pick uh, the U.S. economy over Iran? Yeah, and a lot of people are thinking uh, they're going to choose America. Hmm? The story behind the story is we gave six months to India and China, Turkey, and a handful of others to uh, wean off the Iranian oil teat um, and or get we'll get them some oil and probably have to hit them with a discount or something like that. Right. There are all sorts of behind-the-scenes machinations going on. But I, I don't know if this will do squat in terms of preventing Iran from getting a nuke, but just choking off their cash so they can't finance bad actors around the right. region, that's reason enough. That could lead to a revolution if people get unhappy enough. Kind of open for it. Uh, I, That'd be a tough nut to crack, though, man. Between the mullahs and the Revolutionary Guard... Yeah, but there. nobody thought Mubarak could ever fall, mm-hmm. or uh, or a number of them. Um, how have you not mentioned the breaking news that is People Magazine has named the sexiest man alive for the what, year twenty eighteen? What's, what's a magazine? It's a website they print on paper for <laughs> some reason. Why? Seems like a horrible business model. Sexiest man alive, following in the footsteps of Mel Gibson and Brad Tom Pitt. Cruise. Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt. Yes. Wasn't it Blake Shelton last year, I yeah. think? Blake Shelton and Tom Recently. Exactly. Alex Baldwin. Alex Baldwin. <laughs> I'm thinking there's some ridiculous ones in there, I'm sure. There's a, uh, who's the guy from Roadhouse? Patrick Swayze? Yeah, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. is a yeah. sexy man. Yeah. Why an anti- anti-Swayze? Roadhouse. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, at the age where I'm going to say the name, and I've never laid eyes on this person. Okay. I have no idea who they All are, right. apparently. Idris Elba. I- Idris, oh. but yes. Okay. <laughs> Idris Elba yes, is the sexiest man alive. There you go. Uh, giving, uh, proving their uh, progressive bona fides. He is a man of color. Who is he? he what is he doing? from the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, best known as Stringer Bell from The Wire. Um, he's been in a lot more movies since then. He's kind of an okay. up-and-comer. He gets rumored to be a lot, uh, or he's he's one of the often rumored next James Bonds. His name gets thrown in there quite often. Is this generation's Patrick Swayze? There you go. I, uh, <laughs> I held off from getting into that because I want to let you know about a couple of scientists who have a new take on a mysterious space object spotted tumbling past the sun. The astronomers have named it Oumuamua, that is Hawaiian for scout or messenger from our past. The stadium-sized things sped up as it shot past the sun, and now two scientists from Harvard say that it came from outside our solar system and might indeed be an alien spacecraft. Holy crap! In a paper they will present next week, they will write that it might be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth's vicinity by an alien civilization. Yeah, I got a fully operational probe. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Now you're in yeah, on no it. No kidding. So we'll, look forward. we'll look forward to the release of their paper next week. And that, that doesn't sound at all like a pathetic cry for publicity. No, no not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation once again flies. It's a fully manned alien spacecraft. Or a rock. So we're putting out our little report. <laughs> Guess what's back? Guess what's back? The Charleston. Please be the Charleston. Reports of its death were premature. The National Football League. Hmm. Ratings are huge. Hit you with a little of that coming up. 
And we'll check Montana's 4th District. We've got a tough race between the Whoosowitz and whatchamacallit. When we see which way Montana's 4th goes, Jack, we'll have a real idea whether the blue wave is forming or not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. For Joe here in just a couple of minutes, we have. A, was this woman a record holder or anything, or is she the best at it? Uh, I don't know if there's official statistics okay. on where she ranks internationally. We'll see if Joe is better. I yeah. will rise to that challenge, no matter what it may be. Well, that's just the way I'm made, Jack. You can't hardly get a better election day guest than Dan Balls of the Washington Post, and we've got him coming up at nine oh four. If you get the award winning fourth hour, if you don't grab the podcast, how um, much does that cost? I don't know if you... Oh, it's free because we're stupid. (laughs) And if you have to go away, just remember this. We'll have all the results for you tomorrow morning. Great guests. All uh, insight and interpretation you need. So join us, won't you? Uh, Green Bay versus Patriots Sunday night was a huge ratings winner. And Sunday night has been uh, up seven out of the eight last eight weeks and has been the number one show in America. And Sunday night's ratings were the highest ratings Going clear on back to the 60-minute Stormy Daniels interview, which now seems sad in retrospect that that was a giant (laughs) national moment. It seemed sad at the time for those of us who aren't crazy. But uh, 18% ratings gain over last year for the Sunday Night Football. They're back. Whatever brought it down. I'm off the NFL. I'm not a fan anymore. And I tuned into that game for a while. But was it Colin Kaepernick? Was it Trump? Who knows? But they seem to have bounced back. Yeah. So a couple of updates for you about uh, wildly angry, wildly politically correct activists on Halloween. We talked to, uh, we talked about rather some beloved listeners who dressed as the first Thanksgiving and won the best costume award in beautiful Chico, California. Then one or two social justice warriors launched a campaign of hatred and anger and cultural appropriation, uh, caused the city of Chico, I think, to to uh, apologize and take their picture down oh my God. from the city website. That's incredible. I don't really blame them, writes our friend Jeff. Uh, it's supposed to be a fun thing, not a hill you're going to dig in and die on. Many people have complained to Chico State because it's a social justice warrior professor who went after them. This nice little family with a special needs child who were trying to have family fun. Oh, my fun. God. Plus, somebody went ahead and Ken Boned, the professor, yes, went into her timeline <laughs> and found her sporting some sort of African garb with the caption, More Dress Up, even though she went after the family savagely for cultural appropriation because their special needs child was dressed up as a Native American. That's the dumbest alleged crime anybody's ever invented, in my opinion, cultural appropriation. Where did this come from? We've lost our minds. She has since reposted it with some sort of long explanation. Next, the ridiculous tripping over themselves with verbal gymnastics to figure out if it's okay to call us tone deaf out of fear that... uh, it is ableist speech and right, would offend right, the deaf. Right, right, right. Anyway, so thanks for the update, Jeff. Um, 
Let's see. Okay, thank you. Um, you guys rock and never take phone calls from the public ever. <laughs> it's a that's fun. We do wish. rock. Thank you. A challenge to Joe coming up in moments. Stay tuned. Oh my, am I man enough to meet it? Please keep me anonymous. Writes Ed Smith. Um, goes to Santa Clara University School of Law, and that the student organized off-campus Halloween party a student dressed as a border wall. Well, my quibble is it's a dumb costume. Others, and I'm talking freaking law students, writes Al Anonymous or Aileen. They're so scared of this costume that our school is now ordering safety pins to show that we are a safe person that they can talk to. Law students were allegedly so shaken to their core by somebody dressed as a border wall that they're passing out safety pins you put on your clothes so people know you're a safe person that they can talk to. There is not a human being on earth who's actually that fragile. Yet you have dozens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people pretending to be that fragile because it gives them social cachet. This is going to be hard to explain to future generations. Yeah. And here's the official email from the school. Many of you might have seen or heard about the student who wore a costume to the Halloween Bar Review featuring the border wall. Many of you in attendance also reported that other students were laughing at the costume. And someone even yelled, make Mexico pay. Which is really freaking funny. <laughs> back to the back to the sadness, Jack. I've heard from many students who were offended and felt betrayed by this display from members of their own committee. You don't community. know what betrayal means. Some reported that as they sit in classes looking around at their fellow students, they now wonder if any of these students were the ones cheering and laughing that night. They also wonder if everyone else secretly finds the situation humorous because no one actually called out the behavior that night. Because that's your that's your responsibility to call out inappropriate Halloween costumes. Uh, you're if you're fun at a party if you're the person. Who's, I'd like to I'd love to, turn up turn down the music. Everybody stop talking. That costume over there I think is inappropriate. Somebody needs to call it out. It's my duty. In they, fact, it is campus regulation that I am as guilty as that person is. If I do not stop this party. Get out! Everybody hates you! (laughs) And they go on for paragraphs on this. Then as a visual message to our students of support, I'm asking our community to wear a safety pin, showing you're a safe person and an ally, because we are so freaking soft and weak and desperate. Not hungry, desperate to be offended by something. I'm not going to pretend that those people are taking over the world or that it's Shut a large... Shut down Santa Clara Law School. That it's a large percentage of people, but the fact that it exists at all is so strange. It's, it's bizarre. It's a mental illness. It it's is. It's a contagious mental illness. I okay. pray for your healing. So do we give Joe a heads up? Does he get time to think about it, or are we spring it upon him? Uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll just spring it upon him. Okay, so Michael, we need a 30-second timer and then a buzzer, okay? So you're going to buzz us at 30 seconds. Feet are shoulder length. Okay, do you want a three, I have a tick that would give you a three-second warning, and then I'll hit the buzzer. Do you well, want it doesn't that? make any difference. No, he's he's going to name as many somethings in 30 seconds right. as he can. Oh, God. And we're going to put him up against this woman. Yeah, this was done. <laughs> at a, this was done during a timeout, kind of at an NBA arena, sort of in arena entertainment thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Joe, we need you to name as many cheeses as you can in thirty seconds. Oh, this was done at the Milwaukee Bucks game. They made a big cheese over, Ch- over in Milwaukee. Do I land. start? On your side, go. Cheddar, American, Swiss, Brie, Gouda, Camembert, Blue, Roquefort. 
um, a, a, a Parmesan, Romano, a feta. This is pretty good. Um, I like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I like cheese. You're like Kavanaugh, but with cheese. Um, I think your time's almost up. Different cheddar. <laughs> different cheddar, not acceptable. Um, um, there you go. How many did you get, though? That was quite a few. The fake cheese at a convenience no, store. I'm sorry. The timer is over. Uh, that was 11. You got 11. <laughs> here's, here's this woman at the basketball game. Vardy, American, Asiago, Barscapone, Buffalo, uh, smoked Swiss, cream cheese, string cheese, wow. uh, cottage cheese. Wow. I would uh, suck. Brie, feta, goat, goat. monster. Colby Jack, Colby, Pepper Jack, the, I don't know. <laughs> she, she, she killed me. She had 27 cheeses. That's wow. so funny. And with her Wisconsin accent. I know accent, all those cheeses. I just couldn't come up with them. With her Wisconsin accent. She's just a woman who, you know, has been around cheese her oh, whole yeah, life. Oh, I like a lot of cheese. <laughs> oh, goat and camembert and Roquefort and... <laughs> You got your pepper jack there, and then your regular jack. The visuals, she has her child in her arms and a cheese wedge hat on while she's doing it. That's fantastic. You put me up against an expert. No, that's good wholesome entertainment right there. Sure was. (laughs) Wow. We're going to talk to Dan Balls of the Washington Post, who's one of the great minds around about politics and the election today and what it could mean or doesn't mean or... The award-winning fourth hour for those lucky enough to get it. Live. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.